Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's actually time for the O Show Podcast, episode 52, presented by FantasyJocks.com. I am your host, Jack O'Hara, and here's what we're going to do today. Today, about, it was October 16th, so today is March 11th, Monday, March 11th, on October 16th, 2018. I welcomed on uh, John Boy from Talking Yanks Podcast right after the Yankees got eliminated from the postseason by the Boston Red Sox, who went on to win the World Series, of course, the Yankees. About halfway through spring training now, looking to get everything going before opening day on March 28th. It's going to be batshit freezing. I don't understand why the season's starting in March now. I don't understand why spring training starts in the middle of February. I mean, I remember back when I was 9, 10 years old, spring training games didn't start until the first week in March. Now they're starting halfway through February, and now we're getting opening day in the middle of March. I mean, I remember last year, the weather was terrible on the East Coast for teams like Yankees and Red Sox. The weather was brutal. And it's not like it's even speeding up the season. It's still going to end in the first week of November. So whatever. It is what it is. John Boy from Talking Yanks. Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit from that interview in uh, October just to see... We made a lot of predictions on that podcast, me and John Boy, and we're going to take a look on this episode and see how many of those predictions actually came true, because a ton of them didn't. We talked a good amount of Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, even Patrick Corbin, who everybody thought the Yankees were going to sign. So uh, I, I don't think we got any predictions right, to be honest. I mean, honestly, they didn't. So Machado to the Padres, Harper, of course, to the Phillies with their ridiculous, stupid contracts over $300 million. Patrick Corbin, I thought 100% for sure was going to be a Yankee. I thought he was going to be in pinstripes. We got James Paxton. Yay for us. Uh, But Patrick Corbin was a guy I thought was going to be in that rotation. Number two, number three in the rotation ends up getting swooped out of his or swept from right underneath us by the uh, Washington Nationals for like $145 million. Um, the biggest splash was probably Troy Tulowitzki, James Paxton. 
somewhere along those lines. So, uh, I mean, I'm not complaining. I still think we win the division. I still think we win over 100 games. But I don't know. Here's here's the first uh, piece of that interview with John Boy back in October. We mentioned Manny Machado to kick things off. And, of course, Machado doesn't sign. But here's what we originally thought was going to happen with Manny Machado's episode 20 on October 16th with John Boy. So about five months later, that sounds about right, six months later, about six months later, the biggest thing I could take away from that is the luxury tax thing. So the Yankees, for the first time ever, basically, get underneath the uh, luxury tax of 100, what was it, like 180 million, about 197, so... That's the biggest takeaway from this. I guess they're set now for maybe a hint, hint, Mike Trout two years down the road. That's not tampering, by the way, Los Angeles Angels. Just making an assumption, a prediction, a dream scenario, I might add. How ridiculous is that that Bryce Harper got basically plagued for tampering because he mentioned that the Phillies might might be interested in Mike Trout in two years. Hey, guess what, Angels? Everybody's going to be interested in Mike Trout in two years when he's off the books, all right? Of course, the Phillies are going to be in and interested on Mike Trout. South Jersey guy grew up a Phillies fan. Of course, they're going to be interested. They got Bryce Harper. They added Gene Segura. Come on. You know who else is going to be in on them? The Yankees, because now that they're under this luxury tax threshold and they didn't get anybody 
worth like no, no huge names. I mean, I know they signed extensions to guys like Aaron Hicks and guys like Luis Severino, but they still got a lot of cash to spend. Uh, the next question I asked John Boy about this was, though, if the Yankees had gotten Machado, obviously he didn't, signed in San Diego, what would that mean for Didi Gregorius? Now, Didi Gregorius is going to miss at least half the season with that uh, that elbow that he got Tommy John surgery on. He's going to miss at least half the season. Troy Tulowitzki's in at shortstop, as we all know. But Didi is a free agent next year. And what happens... Next year, if Didi Gregorius doesn't have a great season when he comes back this year, here's John Boy's take. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting because it's it's a big time uh, fan versus business pull, and how much does the business have to support the fan? Because Didi feels like a fabric of this team. He he was here for the transition, and he kind of embodies the transition from like the older Yankees the new young core because he was there he got booed people cheered cheater in his face when he made errors he had a really tough time and now he's emerged as a leader so he's been here i think he's like in the fabric of yankee fans we love Didi, but the way the game is young guys with big contracts is what is uh you know valued the most so from a business standpoint i don't know if it makes sense to pay Didi 20 million dollars to play shortstop when you'd be paying you know, if Glaber slides over, he's basically free, and then you, you know what I mean? So I, I, I hope they extend Didi, they bring him back, because I am a fan, but I do think that Didi's situation, uh, when, when he's up, especially coming up off injury now, is going to be very interesting. Uh, does the business side have to cater to the fan um, money-wise? And clubhouse wise, you know what I mean? It's, it's right. I mean, you can't not turn down a guy like Manny Machado, given how talented he is. And at the same time, everybody talks about Aaron Judge being like the biggest leader on the team, and they should. He probably is. But Didi Gregorius is also up there as one of their top leaders in that clubhouse. He was there during the years where you had McCann and Ellsbury and Beltron with the so-called rebuilding years, even though they weren't really rebuilding years. They were right back in it last year. That's a big part, a big chunk of the heart of the Yankees that they'd be letting go. Yep, I couldn't agree with myself more than I am right now with that statement. Didi Gregorius is the heart and soul of this team. Aaron Judge obviously leads the team, could potentially even be the next captain. I mean, I won't I won't go that far just yet. He still has ways to go, but he's, he would definitely be next in line to take over uh, the captain duties. But Didi Gregorius was the foundation of this team back in 15 when Jeter left. Didi, of course, was booed. He was making errors. Uh, he was Jeter's replacement. Jeter's first replacement. That's that's your franchise shortstop for the past two decades. One of the all-time greats. So, uh, But Didi Gregorius has to be one of the best shortstops defensively and offensively in the game. Right now, behind Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, but but it should be a no-brainer at this point. So you don't get Machado; he's not going to play short. He's not going to move over to third. Andahar stays as well. It's a no-brainer to sign Didi Gregorius past this point. Is the vocal point of this offense, um, and quite frankly, there's nobody else out there. Nolan Arenado gone on that eight-year, two hundred sixty million dollar extension with the Colorado Rockies. There's really nobody out there. You're not going to get any better than Didi Gregorius. So Didi stays. Who knows how much he gets signed for? 
probably won't be cheap because then you're going to sign Judge and Sanchez and all those big bats who are going to be ridiculous. Judge is going to be a $300 million guy. No question about it. Unless he takes a discount. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like he would do it, but probably not. Um, The next topic me and John Boy talked about is really pretty irrelevant. Irrelevant as a guy like Jacoby Ellsbury, some might say. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it pretty is uh, relevant. No uh, joke intended there. It, it was about Paul Goldschmidt, who ends up getting traded to the Cardinals. I guess the Yankees didn't really have much interest in him, but you could entertain the thought as a fan. I think the Red Sox were even in on him at the time. I remember Paul Goldschmidt and J.D. Martinez were teammates in Arizona for half a season in 2017. So that would have made sense, and that was going to be scary if that did come into play. But uh, Goldschmidt ends up going to the Cardinals. Yankees don't show much interest at all whatsoever. So that conversation is pretty irrelevant at this point. But the next topic we did have, I'm I'm still shocked that they weren't even interested in the guy. The Mr. $330 million man himself, Bryce Harper. Um, I'm shocked. I mean, that was the whole thing back in 2016. Bryce Harper's available in 2019. Harper, Machado, Sanchez, the big three in the Bronx. And Bryce Harper um, doesn't even sign until two weeks into spring training with the Phillies. Of course, a 13-year deal. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, But the Yankees, I don't know, short porch, left field, or short porch, right field, left-handed bat. I mean, who are you going to – I mean, who is the threat in left field? Brett Gardner? Clint Frazier? I'm I'm sure you'd love to move those guys over for – I mean, you had Harper, Judge, Stanton, Hicks. You can't beat that. I mean, here's what John Boy had to say about this. I'm still shocked. I mean, it made perfect sense for the Yankees. Yeah, I think Harper makes more sense than – for the Yankees, he's a lefty. He can go in between all those, all our righties. We have the short porch. He he can play left field, which you know will be open um, if they pass on Guardy, which you would pass on Guardy or bring him back as a bench player um, if you land Harper. So I think Harper makes sense. Uh, he's the lefty part and all that, but the money-wise, I don't know how they're going to have to configure it because. I gotta believe that they're gonna want to be under the tax, so the luxury tax is every three years, so they're under right now, so the next two years they can go over. I don't know if they're gonna do the contract so that they are under again in three years, or will they, you know, if you're over on the third year, you pay 50%. Are they willing to pay that one time if that means they have Manny and Harper for the next six years? Uh, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting. I don't know how they're gonna configure money, but. I mean, I know that some people get annoyed by this, but not my money. Uh, go, go spend and get the guys. <laughs> I don't. Care. Yeah, well, <laughs> easier said than done, John Boy. Um, the Yankees don't spend the money. Made perfect sense. We're not going to get to see the big three of Harper, Machado, and Sanchez. Although we do have Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton. Um, yeah, Harper ends up signing with the Phillies. Uh, and again, it wasn't our money, but, uh, it was Cashman's money and he opted not to spend it. So, but then again, like we mentioned before, guys like Judge, Sanchez, Didi, we mentioned, Glaber Torres, Miguel Andahar, they're all due for their payday sooner or later. And John Boy even touched up on that on that episode. The, the MLB talent 
is on their rookie contracts. I mean, Judge, Gary, Severino, Glaber, Andujar, they're all still haven't gotten their first payday, uh, which is what Didi's coming up on and why that question uh, is is kind of interesting. But the, so the Yankees are set up perfect right now. They have a bunch of rookies at, at their core that they're not paying a ton of money. They have a bunch of prospects that are just as good as cash for trade pieces. Then they have a ton of cash to go get these veterans and sprinkle in. I mean, this should be a very successful and a very big offseason for the Yankees. And I think they, they've been planning it since they started the rebuild in 2016, really when they lost in 2015 in the wild card. I think 2019, 2020 were the we're going to contend years because they had no idea the rebuild was going to work in 2017 and 2018. And it's why we've seen them be much more big on shedding contracts, trading Warren for nothing, trading um, Headley for nothing, and trading Castro as part of the deal. They've been much bigger on uh, shedding contracts than they have been on adding the players and the free agents that we were hoping they would to help this 2018 team. And I think that's because 2019 has always been the uh, main agenda. Well, it wasn't a huge offseason, but it was a successful one. Again, bringing in Tulo for the league minimum, 555 k which is a lot of money, obviously. But the lowest you could pay a Major League Baseball player. Uh, you brought in Paxton. You re-signed Severino. You re-signed Hicks. You locked those two up. Great. This one boggled me more than most. Well, I, I thought we were going to get Machado at least, but I definitely thought we were going to get uh, Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin, it made too much sense for the Yankees to go get him. Signs with the Nationals. Here's John Boy's take on uh, the whole Patrick Corbin situation, as well as mine. I think it makes too much sense, right? There's sometimes where JD to Boston last year, um, there's some moves that just make so much sense. And I think Corbin to the Yankees feels like one of those. Obviously, I have a very big Yankee bias, so I wonder if there's a Diamondbacks fan. It's like, no, the obvious move is he's going here. It's like, well, okay. But to me, it seems obvious. It seems like it's likely to happen. Lefty pitcher, young guy, youngish guy uh, from the area. Not that that matters. On R2C2 um, podcast, CC Sabathia said that pitching in your hometown or playing for your hometown is actually worse. So hopefully that doesn't hurt. But I think it makes sense uh, for the Yankees to go after him. I think it makes sense for him to come here. So uh, I, I like that I go to school out here in Arizona. I work for the Diamondbacks in ticket sales over the summer, so I got to see most of his starts at Chase Field. The guy's fucking awesome. I, I, I'm a big supporter of uh, Patrick Corbin. He was lights out. I mean, the NL West is a totally different jungle compared to the AL East, of course, when you got the Red Sox and the up-and-coming Rays. But I am for sure going to jump on that Patrick Corbin train if Brian Cashman wants to go get him. Next question. Yes, so what's, go what's ahead. The, uh news out in Arizona. Is, are, are there other teams? Are there big interests? Does it seem like Yankees is a move for you, for people out there as well? Oh, it obviously seems like the biggest like the biggest uh, choice for him right now, the best choice. Fits too perfectly. The Diamondbacks don't seem like they, they're going to re-sign anybody. I mean, we talked about they're going to get rid of Goldschmidt. Pollock's a free agent. I think they're just cleaning house right now. Which I don't know why. They, they, Everyone, everyone's eager to lose in the MLB. So that deal falls through uh, Paxton's great, though. Um, you got Severino, who's going to start the year on the DL, unfortunately. Um, 
Hap resigns on a three-year deal. Didn't like the third year, but it's an option. That's what he wanted. And quite frankly, we couldn't be outbid by the Phillies for Jay Hap. That would have been embarrassing. Um, CC resigns on a one-year deal, eight million. Another guy that the Yankees resigned on a one-year deal, however, not in the rotation. Brett Gardner kind of shocked me. I thought that was it. Like, here we go. We're gonna go get Harper. Or at least give Clint Frazier an opportunity. Brett Gardner back on a one-year deal for, I think, $10 million. Um, I didn't think they were going to re-sign him. John Boy, uh, I think he thought they were going to re-sign him. Take a listen. So, oops, sorry. So, Brett Gardner has an option, uh, a team option for 2019. I think it's $10 million for the year. Uh, what I think would happen, I don't think the Yankees are going to pick up that option because I Brett Gardner's getting older. Uh, some people act like he's really old. He's like 34. He's not 38. But he's getting older. He's coming off his worst full season as a professional. Um, he, the leadership's good. The defense is good. But I don't know if he's worth $10 million for one year as a potential bench fourth outfielder. What they may do is deny the option and then try to sign him for less but you take the big gamble that other teams are going to give him 10 but if it's anything like the free agent market we saw last year it doesn't really look good for Gardner because anyone over 32 um, had to do you know what Neil Walker had to do and get signed really late and have a really late spring training and then have that affect your season uh, I hope it's not the end. I like Brett Gardner. I, I in these last, I never was a big Brett Gardner fan, but in these last couple of years, I don't think it'd be hard to not appreciate what he does for the clubhouse and for the guys and for just the tenacity he brings every day on the field. But offensively, he didn't have a great year. Um, I'd like to see him come back for less money, lesser than the option, and uh, in a more limited role at fourth outfielder. Okay, so I was wrong before. It wasn't one year, ten million. So the Yankees actually win this deal. It's one year, seven and a half million. Um, so is it a good move by the Yankees? Not necessarily. We'll find out. Is it a good move for Brett Gardner? Absolutely. Considering how that off season went, even he said, "Did you see how this off season's going?" So it was. <laughs> It was a good move for Brett Gardner to re-sign with the Yankees, regardless of how it turns out. This could potentially be his last year. I don't think the Yankees will do anything beyond this point, especially if Clint Frazier can get some at-bats and prove a lot of people wrong. Like I personally think he will be. I think he could be a tremendous bat in that order. It was basically trade bait for the last two years. I thought they were going to trade him for Garrett Cole from the Pirates two off-seasons ago. Um, back in trade rumors this offseason for guys like Kluber and Trevor Bauer. But Gardner is back for one year. Uh, Clint Frazier is going to get his at-bats this year. Gardner, I don't think, is going to be a 140-game type starter player like he has been the past decade. He wasn't even that last year. Uh, he's not. He might be the opening day left field starter. He's not going to be the like your stereotypical everyday left fielder. And now I just mentioned Clint Frazier, who's probably going to get at-bats, like I said. Uh, we we kind of bashed him on this episode. I'm, I, I went back and listened to it. We didn't really have nice things to say about Clint Frazier. I guess I had a list of guys to re-sign, not re-sign. There were guys like Andrew McCutcheon, David Robertson, um, 
blanking on his name, changed his name from Z-A-C-H to Z-A-C-K, Zach Britton. There you go. Um, C.C. Gardner, trade Clint Frazier, trade Estevan Floriel, trade Greg Bird, trade Luke Voigt. A lot of predictions, signed Jay Happ, signed Clayton frickin' Kershaw. Uh, here, here are a lot of, a lot of bad uh, predictions by myself and John Boy. Are we doing if I want them to, or are we doing if I think they will? Um, if you think they will. Actually, do if you think they will and if you would. Okay. All right. Um, Kutch, no and no. I don't think they will, and, and I don't really – it's not on my priority list. That would be if, like, plans one, two, and three don't, don't go through. Right. There was a – I don't know what source it was popped up on my phone saying that they were actually interested in giving him an extension in September. <laughs> And I wasn't really all for it because I know he's probably going to get a decent-sized contract with someone else. Um, the next guy on that list is a key part of that bullpen, David Robertson. I want him back, and I think he'll be back. He just fired his agent and publicly said he wants to come back. Just needs to make sure it works. Oh, man. Yeah. ERA looks good because Deerup's ERA never looks great because bullpen ERAs are so fickle and not trustworthy of a stat because he can go like, you know, five games striking out everyone and then one game where he gives up a three-run home run. Now the ERA is bad, but it's five good outings and one bad. And he does get beat for some some home runs. But I, oh, on the season, his, his, his season is really good. And he's mixing up his pitches. He's getting to be like a little crafty old guy now. He used to just be over the top fastball that poured in on you, and then his nasty uh, 12 to 6 curveball. Now he's going sidearm with a two-seamer and a cutter, and he's mixing it up a little bit, um, which I'd love to watch develop as he continues. I like Dave, I like Dave Robertson. So another big part of that bullpen along with Dave Robertson, we'll see how much money he commends and how many years, but uh, Zach Britton, the left-hander. I want him to come back. I don't think he will. Because I think he's going to command a lot of money. And I think everyone wants their swing man in the bullpen, you know? Like, everyone wants what Andrew Miller was in 2016 and what, um, uh, you know, like they want that, that, what Hater is right now for the Brewers. And I think that's kind of the way the baseball is going. You, you bullpens are huge. I think a guy like Zach Brady will get a ton of money, right? That's, that's my feeling on it. Right, you just mentioned Andrew Miller. He's not on the list, but it sparked something in my brain. Do you think the Yankees would be interested at all in a reunion with Andrew Miller for the right price? Uh, he's been injured, right? And then right, not injured, that's a big scare. He, he hasn't been the same. Um, the Yankees have such a good bullpen that they could, if they could get him for cheap to where you know he's somewhat excess, which is crazy to even think about, then, um, then yeah, I, I, I'm hesitant to want Miller. Um, well, like, I guess I would want Miller if they signed him, but I don't think they will. I don't. I think that's kind of risky. 
Yeah, um, we talked about Brett Gardner a little bit. What about Neil Walker? I mean, he came up late in spring training, had a rough beginning, but really caught fire there at the end and was one of the Yankees' key players off the bench. Man, I feel like Neil might not get signed till late in the year, in the season again. It would be really nice, uh, this is a secondary stop, but really nice if the Yankees get all their all their spending and splurging done right away. Just tell everyone they want, we want you, blah, 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 you know, right away. But Neil might be, you know, just same way I said about Kutch, but you, a couple guys down. Like, you know, Machado doesn't work out and all this. Then, then bring Neil back. Um, I wonder if he's going to have the same situation happen to him as did last year where he gets, like, a short spring training. I hope not because that sucks for those guys. I'd bring Neil back, and I'm going to say maybe they do. Um, I'm, I'm pretty split 50-50 if I think they do or they don't. But I, I, I wouldn't mind if they brought him back. Yeah, I'm a big Neil Walker guy. I mean, there's an option where you could re-sign Neil Walker, put him at second, and move Glaber over to short if you don't go out and get a Manny Machado. But mm-hmm. we'll yeah. see about that. Um, the last two people on this list, two key factors to their postseason run, the first being, of course, J.A. Happ, who was 7-0 and in the regular season, but... Of course, everybody's going to remember that ALDS game one start in Fenway where he didn't make it out of the second or the third inning. Yeah, bring Hat back. He's, he's, I would like to bring Hat back. We only have two starting pitchers. We only have Severino and Tanaka right now going into 2019. Two. I mean, Sevy's kind of a question mark, too. Uh, so we need pitchers. So go get Corbin, bring Hat back, and then, I don't know, yeah, I don't think Hap's going to command that much money either. I mean, he's going to be 35, I think. So yeah, that that he much... Like he, he, liked, he seemed like he liked it here. Oh, I forgot how much that Zach Brayton liked being a Yankee because they took care of the family and the kids and all that. Oh, right. Um, he, said, he said that you know the Yankees had a daycare and they didn't charge for the wives' suite. And in Baltimore, they didn't have a daycare and they charged for the wives' suite. Like, he liked all that stuff, so maybe Zach Brayton will want to come back. Yeah, a lot, a lot of questions to be answered on the free agent market for Brian Cashman. The last one on this list is he's been with the Yankees for over a decade, did not have it in game four of the Yankees elimination game. CC Sabathia just had knee surgery, so I'm a little optimistic about this one. What's your take on CC Sabathia? Um, I don't think he's going to come back. Um, and that sucks. And I don't know if I want him to come back. And that sucks too because I want to want him back. His stats are good this year, but I mean, on the his stats are good, but I wouldn't say it was a good season just from remembering starts and all that. The stats are good, but if we say like you know he gives you five innings, one earned run or something like that, twice through the lineup, that's good for your five. But I kind of want higher standards than that. Like we need pitching so bad. Um, the clubhouse changes. He is a leader. So if they bring him back, I'd be happy because I love CC. He's one of my favorite Yankees. But another knee surgery, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I'm like, like tug of war with my own heart if I, if I think they should or not. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially uh, Sabathian Gardner. I mean, Judge is your quote-unquote leader right now, but he's only 
going to be three years in at this point. You got guys like CC and Gardner who have been with the club for over a decade. They have more experience, great clubhouse guys as opposed to just the baseball aspect of it. So it's going to be tough. Um, so with that being said, you bring Hat back, you sign Patrick Corbin with Clayton Kershaw opting out of his contract, which I, apparently he already said he's going to do at the end of the year. Would you go out of your way to get a guy like Clayton Kershaw for the right price, given his postseason failures? I, I wouldn't, but I can't tell you why. I know he's like the best pitcher we've ever seen, and he's he's still very, very, very good. But I just that doesn't appeal to me, and I I don't know why. Maybe I'll have to look into it and find out why. It could be the postseason stuff. Could because it's just kind of spoiled around Yankee fans to think you're going to go get Machado, Harper, Kershaw, so I have to draw the line somewhere. Um, but for now, it's not even, it's not, not even really in my brain about Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, his postseason enough scares me to the point where even he's going to be 33 and he's probably going to commend another $200 million deal. So I would be out on Clayton Kershaw. Here's, here's my next list. It's a trade bait list because the Yankees have such deep depth you saw them get rid of guys like Tyler Austin over the summer because they're just so in-depth in their minor league system. They got rid of Brandon Drury for Hap. Uh, so I have a list of five guys here who you trade or wouldn't trade, and do you think the Yankees would trade them? The first being, of course, first baseman Greg Bird. No, I wouldn't trade him because his value is so low when his ceiling is so high. Um so you, the risk that you don't get anything worthwhile back, but then you go watch him be a star somewhere else is, is really high. It's kind of like, you know, the twins remembering the J.R. Murphy for Hicks trade. That's what it would be like if we traded Bird. It would be like, you know, the so I'm not, and he's costing the Yankees nothing. He's on a rookie contract and he has options. The Yankees can stash him in AAA next year until he gets hot, if he ever gets hot. Or if he gets hot in AAA, then they can try and trade him at a higher value. I think moving him now, um, that's just not smart business. Cashman rarely sells low on players. Right. Like you said, I'd probably trade Greg Bird, but maybe later on in the season if he catches fire in AAA, because I just don't think he's ever lived up to any of the expectations in New York. Like, 2017, he was penciled in for 30-90, and he played under 30 games during the year, and then he got hot during the playoffs last year, one of their hottest hitters, and then he just didn't show up in 2018, so we'll see. I will defend him in 2017. They made him play on a broken bone for 30 games, and then then they made him sit around and try to rehab for 30 more days before they figured out he had a broken bone. The entire um, the entire medical staff was pretty inept. They they didn't find a broken bone. It, if he had had the surgery, once he had the surgery in 2017, he was back in five weeks. He had one of the best Septembers of a Yankee in 2017, then a good postseason. So while his 2018 is indefensible, I will defend 2017. He got fucked that year. Right. What do you think about Luke Voigt? He's got, he's got like seven years. That dude, God bless him. If he if he ever becomes like a free agent, he's going to be 
like 35 years old and then probably not get any offers. So weird to say, he's like never going to make millions, even if he pans out for the next five years as a stud. Isn't that weird? Oh, that's insanely weird. And I was because he's 29 years, 29, he could be 29 years old next season and still have six years of like arbitration. Now he could earn a ton of money in arbitration, actually like, you know, a couple, 10 million a year, but but yeah, he's never going to have like a huge payday because by the time he gets there, if he's there and still playing, he's going to be 34, 35 years old. That's crazy. But keep point, don't trade him, keep him. But again, that would be a cash move. That would be trading someone at his highest, whose ceiling is also, you know, is his, who is playing at his ceiling right now. That would be a cash trade. So I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little upset because I want Foyt back. Right, and of course, he had a phenomenal two months down the stretch, and you know, you don't know what his rock bottom would be because he was just so hot in August and September. And I mean, you got a take on that? Uh, I, we don't know yet. I mean, he, he the numbers that he's doing right now were the same that he did in the minor leagues. He was just blocked. The Cardinals just never brought him up because they had Adams and. I don't know, I was Carpenter, whoever was blocking him. So, he was a complete hitter for two months. He took his walks, he battled really good pitchers, he hit home runs, he hit singles. He was, for two months down the stretch, he was a complete hitter and, like, really professional, really good. So, we have no idea if that was a fluke or not, if that was running on adrenaline, if he could do it for a full season. Um, if we get help in the outfield and, you know, in the infield, then I don't think we need to upgrade first and we can see what Voigt can do next year. Right, yeah, I'm all about seeing what Luke Voigt is capable of during an entire season as opposed to going out and trading maybe a prospect or two for Paul Goldschmidt. I just don't think that makes sense at all to me. The third person on this list is probably one of my favorite Yankee prospects but has always had that injury bug in Clint Frazier. I'd trade Clint instant. I don't think anyone will take him. You don't think um, anybody would take him? I think his value is super low. I mean, concussions are scary. Um, I don't know, man. I think Clint is more of a distraction than a player at this point. I feel bad for him because he did everything right this year. When he was healthy, he was blocked. When he was hurt, he could have been with the team. I think they're really worried about this con- concussion stuff. You can't mess around with it. I think the Yankees are going into 2019 with, with Clint as excess, not even in the plans. Um, I have no idea what the future holds for him. I think uh, I think he'd be much better off in a different organization. I think I think uh, if he was with the Indians, he would be in their outfield, and he'd be long, crazy red hair, fiery personality, with saying quotes all the time that kind of cocky, kind of um, confident in a way and I think I think the Yankees and him don't gel away that much. We've seen him get into trouble a couple times and insert himself into headlines that most Yankee players don't. Right, he came into the Yankees with that cocky attitude. The Yankees kind of tried to change him. Joe Girardi I think tried to change him during spring training last year. Uh, but yeah, the injury bug's just been with him since he's been called up. Um, yeah, when he got called up, the AAA coach 
his one piece of advice for him was be a good teammate, which Jeez. is kind of telling. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Clint because he got like really, really rough end of the straw uh, this year, but I'm, I'm like an old curmudgeon. Some, he just bothers me for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I hope if he, if he makes it and becomes the Yankee and is a stud, I'll happily eat my words and, and root for him as hard as anyone, but he's like... Um, what about Estevan Floreal, given the Yankees' outfield depth? Uh, no, I wouldn't trade him yet, unless they see him, unless they see him, uh, stock clump starting to plummet in some analytics or whatever, because he's not even at triple-A yet, I think. I think he was at double-A or single-A last year, and then double-A, he looks like a potentially a five-pool player, I think. I wouldn't trade him. I mean, we're going to need some some people, and Hicks isn't going to be around. I think Hicks is coming on to his last year in 2019. So if Florio can try and take the leap in 2020, I still, I still think that's a fast pace for him. But we'll see. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade uh, Florio. I think he should be on Cashman's no-trade list. No, the Yankees obviously need pitching depth. They only got, like you said, Severino and Tanaka. And you got two guys in the bullpen. What about uh, Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams? I don't think Chance Adams, um, maybe he'll be a, a bullpen guy. Maybe like one of these Swiss Army outgetters. I don't see him having that big of a future as a starting pitcher. Um, Sheffield does, but I think he'll start in AAA. I think he needs a lot more seasoning. Uh, and then he'll come up uh, maybe next year. I think he'll start in AAA next year, Justice which a lot of people are going to be upset about. But I see him starting a triple A. Okay. And we do have breaking news here on the O Show. Jack and John Boyd got all of those predictions wrong. Um, both uh, Andrew McCutcheon and David Robertson, the first two on that list, Signed with the Phillies. Go fighting Phils. Tom McCarthy, I'm rooting for you. Um, <laughs> we re-signed CeCe, re-signed Gardy. Um, Britain, who he, he said was going to walk. He didn't think they were going to re-sign him. Ends up re-signing for four years. Um, Kershaw obviously opted to extend his deal with the Dodgers. Corbin doesn't sign with the Yankees. Um... Hap resigns. I think we said Hap was going to resign. We got one right. Um, just a lot of bad predictions. What can I say? I thought Robertson would have resigned. Uh, he he said that he dumped his agent and said he openly stated he wanted to come back to the Yankees. Obviously, for the right price that the Yankees weren't willing to offer. Goes to the Phillies for two years. Clint Frazier obviously here to stay. Like we said, Basham, I guess, obviously he had uh, problems in that first spring training 2017 with Joe Girardi, made him cut his hair. There was a rumor going around that he requested number seven to be unretired for him. That obviously I don't think was ever true. But at first, when that first came out, I'm like, well, oh, wow, this guy's a bit ballsy. But no, uh, Frazier's here to stay. Attitude completely changed. I like Clint Frazier. See what he's got. Um, Esteban Floriel, obviously looking like he's here to stay. They're going to give him a chance once he comes up, unless obviously someone comes around and offers the Yankees a huge deal, just sweeps Brian Cashman. 
off his little feet. And um, yeah, basically that. It wasn't the ideal offseason, wasn't the historic offseason that everybody expected, but I think we won this offseason. I think we got a good replacement in Didi, stealing Troy Tulowitzki from the Blue Jays, who are going to pay him over $20 million for playing for an in-division rival, which is amazing. Paxton, if he can stay healthy, could be dominant. We don't know if he can stay healthy yet. We'll see. Um, he hasn't thrown over 150 innings a year yet, so that's kind of concerning. We'll see what happens. CC looks like he's going to start the season on the DL after getting knee surgery. He had a heart surgery as well. Um, Sevy, of course, with that inflammation, he's going to start the season on the DL. If the Yankees could stay healthy, they're another 100-win team again. If they can't stay healthy like they haven't been able to so far in spring training, oh boy. Um, A lot of exciting news here on the show. So that was fake breaking news earlier. Here's real breaking news. Yes, let's bring back in the breaking news sound effect. This is the first time we're doing this. So the Osho podcast will be partnering with TickPick. I got to emphasize the T in TickPick. TickPick, an online uh, ticket. It's like StubHub, like your vivid seats. So what we're going to do is partner with TickPick to allow us to engage with our listeners while also giving away free Yankee tickets. So how about that? So what we're going to do is have listeners call into the show, have them answer trivia questions. Whoever gets it right first will win a pair of free Yankee tickets to selected games during the course of the regular season. Who knows? It might be against the Padres and Machado. They come into town in May. could be against the Red Sox. They're in town a plethora of times during the season. Not a plethora, but three times during the season. Uh, who knows, though? Should be exciting. A way to engage our listeners and, again, give away some free Yankee tickets in the Bronx. I won't be able to use them. Someone's got to. So that was uh, episode 52 of the Osho podcast. Remember to go check it out on Podbean. It is presented by FantasyJocks.com. Get your fantasy baseball gear. Yes, baseball season. They're known for their football. But it is baseball season. Go get your baseball trophies, plaques, rings, etc. Be a champ today. Hit a duty. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.